Welcome to the Wisdom and Wealth Podcast, a series of conversations designed to equip our listeners with helpful insights necessary to simplify the critical decision points of life. We believe true wealth is the thing money cannot buy and death cannot take away. Furthermore, we also believe our calling is to enable others to fulfill their own. And to that end, we endeavor. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. So let's shift to to scenario four. Dick and Jane inherited a ranch from their uncle Fred 20 years ago. Um, They now want to sell it and they haven't done a very good job of keeping up with the expenses um, of, of the ranch. And they're really struggling with an acceptable way of calculating the basis for that property. Um, you guide us on the target of how you would, how you would uh, direct them given, given what I've just described. So when you are inheriting a property from a relative or whoever else, the IRS makes it really easy to calculate the basis in that they just up, they give you what they call a step up in basis where they will let you just jump your basis up to whatever the fair market value is at the time that the person died. So when Uncle Fred dies, if his home is worth $200,000, they get to inherit that property at $200,000 rather than maybe the $50,000 he paid for it, whatever the case may be. Because like you said, it's going to be tricky for them to figure out what did he do? What did he improve? So really, as long as they know how much the property was worth at the date of his death, then they can consider that their basis when they sell it. Um, obviously, if they make any improvements, you know, they can just add to that basis, makes it really easy. Um, so perfect world, hopefully when Uncle Fred died, hopefully um, whoever was dealing with his estate, hopefully they had it appraised. Um, if they didn't have it appraised, hopefully the county tax assessor has some records. Um, at that point, it gets tricky. But if the appraisal was done, it's easy. Yeah. So saying that it was, or assuming that it wasn't, um, and that you know the assess, you know, there's issues with the county assessor. What are some? What are just some practical ways to to protect yourself when filing your return? Like how how do you how do you justify what you come up with? Like what are what are just practical ways of doing that? And you know documenting your uh, method of getting there? Really, I think the best advice is to try and find a paper trail that doesn't just lead back to you. Because I mean, really, if you ask someone, what is the value of really anything you own? If you ask me, hey, what's the value of everything in, everything in your house? I'm probably going to overvalue everything I own. And that's not bad. That's just, you know, that's just what we tend to do. There's kind of an inherent bias. So really, as long as you are making an effort to talk to someone, whether it's a real estate agent who lives in the area, whether it's someone who works for the county, it's really about just trying to find a third party that can get you to at least a reasonable value. I mean, it may not be down to the dollar, but if you can talk to, like I said, a real estate agent, someone who has some sort of knowledge of the area from when when Uncle Fred died, 
then you can get a number that should be at least acceptable. And so the, the last uh, vignette that we're going to look at today is um, what if Dick and Jane wanted to gift their kid a rental property? Um, what are the consequences of this action that they should keep in mind and what might be the potential downsides that you see? Well, let's look at it from both the kid's perspective and the parent's perspective. The parent's perspective is really the easier of the two. When you give a significant gift, I can't remember what the threshold is. I want to say it's around 15,000 right now, changes every year. But from the parents, when you give a gift over a certain amount, you have to file a gift tax return. So, excuse me, that's going to be one of the that's going to be really the biggest consequence for the parents is having to go file this gift tax return, something that your tax professional can do. Um, it's actually a relatively easy return. And really depending on how many gifts you've given throughout your life, there really shouldn't be any gift taxes. The gift tax lifetime threshold at this point is pretty, pretty high. So hopefully it won't cause too many issues from the kid's perspective. We keep talking about basis and, that's the part that scares me because I believe we specifically said rental property, correct? We did. We did. So uh, so when I was talking about this with uh, one of my colleagues earlier, uh, she, she caught the rental property. I, I missed the rental property. And so I'll give her credit for that. Good job, Brittany. But when we think about rental properties, we talk about depreciation, like we mentioned earlier. And when that, where that depreciation comes into play is the depreciation is actually going to, it's going to bring your basis down on that property that you're giving away. So let's say the parents had $450,000 of property and improvements in this rental property. Um, you'd think that would be their basis. No, if they took 50,000 50, of depreciation, then suddenly that property that's being given to the kids is only worth four hundred thousand. You're losing fifty thousand of that initial fifty thousand of that initial value. So uh, from a kid's from the kid's perspective, I mean, hey, it's free property. But also, if they go try and sell that property, and you know, maybe they haven't lived in it, maybe the fair market value is significantly higher than when the parents originally bought it then it could create some capital gains issues there. Got it. And one final thing that occurs to me too, in, you know, just as far as we've, we've always been positive in all of our, in, in all of our transactions here. What about in the event that it's negative? Um, so, you know, the, the last scenario let's, let's put out there would be that, uh, Kids, you know, receive a, or an inherited property. Um, they hang on to it for a couple of years, but in that moment when they try to get rid of it, you know, it's it's gone down in value. Um, how long can they hang on to those losses, and and how how is that going to affect them? What what should they consider? Well, with any sort of long term capital loss, it's gonna it's gonna have an indefinite carry forward. Yep. Um, the tricky part is. You can really only take cap long-term capital losses of $3,000 on any given year. So it's one of these where 
even if you lose, you know, 25 grand on a house, if the value goes down, you go down 25 grand, you can only take three grand of that per year. Otherwise, long, slow slog. Yeah, it's a long, slow slog. And, but the, I, you know, it's always a good news, bad news situation where let's say they're invested in, you know, crypto, Bitcoin, or even, you know, they're just invested in the stock market. It may also give them a, give, give them an opportunity to cash out some of those high value stocks because also they can use that $25,000 loss to offset other gains. So, so, I mean, yeah, if you just let it sit there and, you know, take, lose $3,000 on each of your tax returns for the next, you know, however many years, then yeah, that can be a slog, but also, you know, there's always opportunity. Absolutely. Well, Scott, thank you so much uh, for your time today. Um, Are are you recovering after tax day? Are you you geared up for, you know, the, the next filing deadline? Oh, I'm, uh, you know, I don't want to think about the next filing deadline just yet, but (laughs) It has been so nice to actually see my family, talk to my friends. Uh, you know, tax tax season gets a little busy, so it's it's a weird. It's always weird. I tell people it can be very fun because you get so invested in your work, you get so proud of your work, and uh, it's also very nice to be able to just enjoy free time again. So, absolutely. Well, we definitely appreciate you, and can't thank you enough. And uh, look forward to having you on next time. And if there's any scenarios or, or topics that you'd like to hear in the future, we welcome those. Um, and we look forward to hearing from uh, our listeners. And Scott, thank you again. And we'll see you next time. My pleasure. Well, that's all for today. Thank you again for joining us. We trust that you are better equipped to steward both your wealth and your financial resources. If you have questions or suggestions for a future topic, please direct those to infohouston at carsonwealth.com. May you and your family encounter truth, beauty, and goodness on the road ahead. The opinions voiced in Wisdom and Wealth with Josh Clues are for general information purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. To determine what may be appropriate for you, please consult your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Carson Group Advanced Solutions Tax and Accounting is a separate entity from CWM LLC and is not registered to provide investment advisory services. Guests of Wisdom and Wealth are not affiliated with CWM LLC and opinions expressed may not be representative of CWM LLC. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Our address locally is 1780 Hughes Landing Boulevard, Suite 570, The Woodlands, Texas 77380.